Well, good morning. Great to be with you this morning. We have been making our way through the book of the Revelation, one verse at a time. And we left off in Revelation chapter 8. This morning, however, God has really compelled me to bring together the book of the Revelation and the subject, a spreading pandemic. The COVID-19, a term I'm sure most of us have heard more than once, or the coronavirus, is a spreading pandemic. The word pandemic means a disease prevalent over a whole country or the world. And we're going to learn this morning, the Bible is filled with such pandemics. And we have one in the book of the Revelation. So join me in finding in your Bibles Revelation chapter 6, and I will read for us verse 8. Find in your Bibles Revelation chapter 6, verse 8. I looked, and behold, an ashen horse, and he who sat on it had the name Death, and Hades was following with him. Authority was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, and with famine, and with pestilence, and by the wild beasts of the earth. This morning I have two objectives. Number one, introduce us to a spreading pandemic in the Bible. And number two, the who, what, when, and why, not necessarily in that order, surrounding a biblical spreading pandemic. First, what is it? Notice the word pestilence or plague towards the end of verse 8. It comes from the word thanatos. It means deadly sickness. Look toward the beginning of verse 8 and notice with me the words, the name death, the name death. Do you see those words? That word for death is also the word thanatos, translated pestilence or plague towards the end of verse 8. The rider on the horse kills with deadly sickness. I say deadly sickness because Jesus in John 11 and 4 said, this sickness is not to end in death. This sickness is not to end in thanatos, death. Did you notice what this deadly sickness will do in verse 8? First, did you know there are 8 billion people in the world? And verse 8 says a fourth of the earth will be contaminated by this pestilence. That's not what it says, does it? It says a fourth of the earth will be killed. The coronavirus, as of Saturday when I recorded this message, has taken the lives of over 60,000 people worldwide. If there are 8 billion people in the world and a quarter of the earth is killed by this spreading pandemic, that means 2 billion people will die. And we now know what a spreading pandemic is. How about when? Well, verse 8 takes us to a time after the rapture 
called the tribulation. If you pay careful attention to the news these days, we know the economy receives as much attention as the pandemic itself. Back up to verse 6 for a moment in Revelation 6. It says that I heard something like a voice in the center of the four living creatures saying a quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of barley for a denarius. Denarius is a day's wage for a worker. One of the things that I think we must learn from the future as we observe the present is that stimulus packages will not help during the tribulation. During the tribulation, the economy, economy will be so bad, people will have to work a full day for just a quart of wheat or a lesser quality of food. The problem will not be work. The problem will not even be money. And notice at the end of verse 8, this famine, food, pestilence, deadly sickness, is linked to wild beasts. If there is no food, famine, may I ask, what good is all the money in the world? If there is no food, what good is a stimulus package? Let me ask you this question. If I gave you a porterhouse steak for those who like steak, if I gave you the most beautiful, tastiest porterhouse steak, but, but I said to you, a rat had been chewing on it. Would you still want me to barbecue it for you? Would you still be at all interested in buying it? Would you still eat it? What good is money if the food is poisoned? Rats have been responsible for uncounted millions of deaths throughout history both by eating food supplies and especially by spreading disease. In New Orleans, for example, all the restaurants are closed. And because there is no food in the garbage dumpsters, the rats are coming into the streets, and this is causing great concern for the people of Louisiana. The most infamous and devastating occurrence of rat-borne disease was the Black Death, a 14th century outbreak of bubonic plague that wiped out one-fourth to one-third of Europe's population. Coronaviruses are common human, now get this, and animal viruses. They were first discovered in domestic poultry in the 1930s. Many scientists, not all, some, are suspicious of the origin of the coronavirus being linked to a Chinese delicacy known as bat soup. Does it matter what you eat? Apparently to God it does. Leviticus 11 and 19 says, do not eat the bat. But what if I told you that throughout human history, disease has killed people on a far more massive scale than war? Now, why would I want to bring that to your attention? Well, look again at verse 8 and notice there is a sword in verse 8 that will kill. That, that, that brings us to the subject of war. But in that same verse, we also have a spreading pandemic. Here are some statistics worth noting. More Union and Confederate soldiers died from disease during the Civil War than were killed in battle. 
An estimated 30 million people died during the great influenza epidemic of 1918-1919, more than three times as many as the estimated 8.5 million soldiers who died in battle during World War I. In addition, several million more died at about the same time in an outbreak of typhus in Russia, Poland, and Romania. I think it is important we remind ourselves this spreading pandemic in Revelation 6 verse verse 8 did not originate in China or anywhere anywhere else in the world for that matter. Look at verse 7, when the lamb broke the fourth seal, when the lamb broke the fourth seal. For those of you who have been with us during this series in the Revelation, you know that Jesus is the one and the only one who can open the seven seals in Revelation 6. And Jesus, upon opening the fourth seal, unleashes a spreading pandemic from heaven to earth. Now, why would he? Well, we now move from what and when to who and why. First, did you know God has spread these pandemics to his people Israel? Did you also know he has spread one of these pandemics to a specific church in Revelation chapter 2? And here in Revelation 6, he spreads a pandemic to a fourth of the world. First, Israel. After giving the Mosaic law, God commanded the people to obey it or suffer something that sounds just like, now get this, Ebola. In Deuteronomy 28 and 22 are these words, the Lord will strike you with wasting disease, with fever and inflammation, which will plague you until you perish. Centers for Disease Control informs us that some of the symptoms of Ebola often include fever, aches and pains, muscles and joint pain, weakness and fatigue. Jeremiah 24 and 10, I will send the sword, the famine, and the pestilence upon them until they are destroyed from the land which I gave to them and their forefathers. Ezekiel 6 and 11, thus says the Lord God, because of all the evil abominations of the house of Israel, which will fall by sword, famine, and plague. God judges his people Israel with a spreading pandemic. Jesus passed judgment on a false teacher and her followers in a church in Revelation 2. But I have this against you, that you tolerate the woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess, and she teaches and leads my bondservants astray so that they commit acts of immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, and she does not want to repent of her immorality. Behold, I will throw her on a bed of sickness, and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation, unless they repent of her deeds, and I will kill her children, now listen, with pestilence, and all the churches will know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts, and I will give to each one of you according to your deeds. What about those that are not his people? What about people that are not in Israel, following 
the faith of the God of their fathers or the church? What about the rest of the world? For example, in Jeremiah 27 and 8, it will be that the nation or the kingdom which will not serve him, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and which will not put its neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon, I will punish that nation with the sword, with famine, and with pestilence, declares the Lord, until I have destroyed it by his hand. We've talked about what? We've talked about when, we've even talked about who, but you know what is the most important question? Why? Why is God doing this? And just for the record, I want to make it clear that I am not suggesting that COVID-19 or the coronavirus is a spreading pandemic directly from God. I don't know for certain. All I'm trying to establish with this lesson is that God has sent spreading pandemics to this world, to Israel, even to a church that had false teachers and false followers within that church and the world. You know, sometimes God is passive in this world. That is, things happen. We live in a fallen world. Perhaps disease is being spread, and it's simply because we live in a fallen world. And sometimes God is proactive. God sends the spreading pandemic. But the most important question is why? Well, here's what we're going to learn. The answer is the same for Israel, for the church, or even these people in verse 8 of Revelation 6. See if you could tell what the why reason is. Listen to what he said to the Jewish people. In 2 Chronicles 7, Verses 13 and 14, God said to Solomon, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command locusts to devour, devour the land, or send a plague among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Why did, why did God send a plague? So they will turn from their wicked ways. Do you know what we call that? We have a word for that. It's called repentance. Repentance is a change of mind about what you believe and how you behave. When David lied about a census numbering the people of Israel, in 1 Chronicles 21 God, in verse 14, sent a pestilence on Israel. Now listen, and 70,000 men of Israel died. A spreading pandemic killed 70,000 people. Imagine if we lost 70,000 to coronavirus in New Jersey. You say, why New Jersey? It's about the same size as Israel. And as best as I could tell from the estimates given, New Jersey has experienced over 600 deaths, a far cry from 70,000. Look, if, if 600 deaths is getting our atten attention in New Jersey, what would 70,000 in one small section of our country do? Why did he? Why did God send a spreading pandemic in First Chronicles 21? 
David said to God, Is it not I who commanded to count the people? Indeed, I am the one who has sinned and done very, very wickedly. But these sheep, what have they done? O Lord, my God, please let your hand be against me and my father's household, but not against your people, that they should be plagued. David was drawn to what? Repentance for his lie. He said, I am the one who has sinned and done very wickedly. Why did Jesus judge through a spreading pandemic to a church in Revelation 2? Listen, I gave her time to repent. But there's another reason. It went on to say, and all the churches will know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts, and I will give to each one of you according to your deeds. Why is God sending a spreading pandemic in Revelation 6 and 8? Revelation 9 and 20 answers that question. The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands. Even all the people who did not die, who observed all the death, you would think that the light bulb would go on. And somebody would be saying, God is judging us, passing judgment on us for our wicked ways. We must repent so we could be freed from this pandemic. And yet they didn't. I wonder if we know God wants to forgive all people. He wants to forgive Israel. He wants to forgive the false teacher and her followers in the church in Revelation 2. And I want you to know this morning, if you're listening to me, God wants to forgive you, and he wants to forgive every person in the future tribulation. How many know repentance leads to forgiveness? Luke 24 and 47, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations. I want to do that this morning. Ever wonder why God wants to forgive these people he's judging? Listen to this verse, Psalm 130 and 4, but there is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. You know, it, it saddens me to say the church knows very little about the God we are learning about this morning. They know about the God who loves, and they know about the God who wants to be loved. And that is true, but it is only half true. Because the verse I just read in Psalm 130 and 4 says, but there is forgiveness with you that you may be loved. No, that you may be feared. We might think forgiveness should lead to loving God more. Why would forgiveness lead to fearing God more? Answer, why did we need forgiveness in the first place? Here's why. Israel violated the Mosaic law. David lied. False teachers in the church taught false doctrine. Do you know what question is the wrong question this morning? Why is God judging so harshly? May I give you the right question? Well, why does he still give a person who mocks Christ and Christianity? Well, why does he give a person who blasphemes his name, insults him, denies his existence? Why does he still give a person who violates his holy law repeatedly to the point that we live in a day where they are turning right in the wrong and wrong in the right? May I ask, why does he give any person who 
belittles the gospel. Listen, one more chance to repent. Why? Answer, Isaiah 26, 9 and 10, for when the earth experiences your judgments, the inhabitants of the world learn righteousness. Though the wicked is shown favor, he does not learn righteousness. And there you have it. God judges a sinful world that they might learn what is right. God is good to evil people. He shows them favor, and they still refuse to learn righteousness. They still refuse to repent and bow and worship their creator who is merciful and loving and long-suffering and forgiving to the point that he sends his only begotten son to this world to die for these sins. You know, the Bible's perspective on God being both love and full of indignation every day is replete throughout all of scripture. And it is most reflected in the Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement, rabbinic prayer, which declares that God is both good and sovereign in all these events. Listen to the rabbinic prayer that a rabbi prays on those two particular holy days, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. The rabbi prays, and you shall apportion the destinies of all your creatures and inscribe their verdict. How many will pass from the earth and how many will be created? Who will live and who will die? Who will die after a long life and, and who before his time? Who by water and who by fire? Who by sword and who by beast? Who by famine and who by thirst? Who by upheaval and who by plague? Who by strangling and who by stoning? It's worth remembering the reality that God has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained, Acts 17, verse 31. It is also worth remembering 1 Peter 4 and 17, for it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? That's a great question. What will become the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? Answer, Revelation 6, verse 8. You know, I've been placing before us throughout this series that the reason why the church has been given the prophecy of the future of the great tribulation to come is for two reasons. Number one, gratitude. Revelation 3 and 10 promises the church, we will be kept from this hour of testing that will come upon the whole earth. And number two, the church needs to preach the gospel, letting others know what lies ahead by pointing to them to the taste of what lies before us in COVID-19 and the coronavirus. You know, as we wind down these thoughts, I want you to think, think deeply on these. Number one, during these troubling times, please do not panic. Know that your God is sovereign and he is in control. The Bible would say to you over 300 times, child of mine, do not fear. Number two, 
By all means, take reasonable steps to avoid exposure to the disease and to protect and provide for your family. And stay out of these churches that are telling you to come and gather before it's time to do so. And number three, these words in verse eight should be a reminder that as bad as the coronavirus is, the tribulation and hell to follow will be far worse. The coronavirus should be a reminder that life on this earth is short and can be lost at any moment. And by the way, unlike the spreading pandemic in Revelation 6, verse 8, the coronavirus kills believer and non-believer alike. And number four, and finally, and perhaps most importantly, look for opportunities for ministry. Often when people are fearful for their lives, they are more willing to have conversations about eternity, conversations about life and death. People are afraid out there. And you and I, beloved, child of God, listen to me this morning. Jesus Christ is man's only answer for a spreading pandemic. So please go out there and preach that gospel. Preach repentance. May the Lord love all of you, protect you, bless you, keep you safe, keep you wise. And may we let people know Jesus Christ is man's answer for any spreading pandemic. Amen.